Hi, all. Welcome to Film Suck, a Patreon podcast in which we ponder the work of art in the age of crap cinema. I'm Eileen Jones. I'm Dolores McElroy. And today we are talking about another Academy Award nominee, the 2021 Spanish film Parallel Mothers, written and directed by Pedro Almodovar. Um, uh, this one, uh, it features um, Penelope Cruz. She's up for Best Actress. It's her seventh film um, with the director. Um, and the only other nomination is longtime um, Almodovar collaborator um, Alberto Iglesias. He is nominated for his Best Original Score. It's a weird paucity of nominations. It's not didn't even get nominated for Best International Film, which just seems completely That's bizarre. Insane, yeah. This film has just been rapturously received. <laughs> I mean, internationally, it really has. So yeah. it's just the oddest goddamn thing. I have no idea how to explain <laughs> that one. Um, yeah. So and it's not up for Best Picture either. So it's just those two awards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. What the hell? What the hell <laughs> as usual, Academy? Um, yeah. So anyway, let me give you a, I'll just do a quick plot rundown. Sorry, it's a little boring, but it'll just make it easier for us to, to dive into a discussion. Once again, spoiler alerts, if you're planning to watch Parallel Mothers, and you really should, mm-hmm. um, uh, just note that you're going to want to watch it first before we ruin all the, all the information and surprises yeah. and turns and everything else that's coming up because there's no other way to talk about it. Yeah. So here's the, ba- the basic plot and it's so hard to summarize because there's always a shit ton of plot <laughs> in Elmo <laughs> <Dover films. laughs> Okay. So Penelope Cruz, she's playing the lead. Um, she's a, a photographer, mainly we see her as a fashion photographer named Janice Martinez. Um, and she persuades the subject of, of the, the, the photo shoot. She's, she's shooting, a, uh, I guess, a, a very well-known forensic archaeologist. His name is Arturo. Um, he's played by Israel, I'm going to murder this, El Jaldi. I hope that's right. Um, <laughs> to help her arrange the excavation of a mass grave near her home, home village, where you know, the villagers all believe they know the location, and you know, many of the village men were murdered um, by the fascists um, in the Spanish Civil War, and they believe they're buried there including her great-grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, you know, of course, you, they're so both so hot, as soon as you see the two of them, <laughs> the archaeologist <laughs> and the photographer, you're just like, oh, how long before they're having sex? Not long at all. <laughs> she winds up getting, pre- it's a beautiful shot, by the way. There's a billowing curtain shot. Really gorgeous. For that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she winds up pregnant, but he's married and has a wife who is suffering from cancer. She's going through chemo, and he doesn't want to leave her, even though much as he loves Janice. So she decides to have the baby and raise um, the baby alone. In the maternity ward, she befriends a teenage single mother named Anna, um, played by Milena Schmidt. Um, who, um, Anna is from a, an, an affluent but pretty well thoroughly estranged family, and she's particularly resentful of the lack of maternal affection she's received from her very self-absorbed actor mother, um, whose name is Teresa Ferreres, um, played by Aitana Sanchez-Gion. And it's only after um, Janice has returned home with her baby Cecilia and has been doting on her baby um, does Janice um, have cause to suspect the baby may have been swapped in the hospital with Anna's baby, Anita, Um, Mm because they were both born at the same time. Um, And, you know, she first thinks this because basically Arturo sees the baby and says, I don't recognize her, I don't think I'm the father, and of course she's hugely insulted and everything else, but then as she's thinking about it more and more, she begins to have doubts herself. Um, um, Anna's baby, Anita, dies of a congenital, congenital condition, and um, Janice invites the much younger woman to come live in her apartment and help her care for Cecilia, who may in fact be Anna's child, and in fact she confirms this. She winds up doing maternity tests, sort of mm-hmm. secretively and weirdly and comically, <laughs> um, to, to verify this. 
But the, so the, then the burning question becomes: How is she going to get the get up the courage to tell Anna that Cecilia is actually Anna's baby? Um, and the baby for swap. And of course, there's going to be an, a really interesting way of kind of paralleling this personal story. So what's the relationship of, of this living this personal lie, which torments her, to the much more all-encompassing political lie, such as, you know, the Spanish government's kind of longstanding silence and lack of willingness to help unearth the remains of the victims of, of fascist violence in Spain. There's also, of course, a big resurgence of right-wing um, political triumphs in Spain that, you know, kind of evoke again, the, the nightmarish possibility of a return to fascism. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry, that's so long-winded. Literally, I'm leaving out details. <laughs> I just, there's so much stuff, but there's no way to do it um, concisely. So that's basically the story. So let's just dive right in. What do we think of the film? Dolores, what do you want to Ooh, say? It, okay, it's so rich. It definitely re rewards repeat viewings or potentially would. I've only seen it once. Mm. <laughs> it's, it, first of all, it's, it's fun. Um, I didn't think of the time. I don't know if you had the same experience, but it's mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, it's delicious. You know, as always, his colors are so vibrant mm -hmm. and campy. <laughs> like, and the, the women are so beautiful and in mm -hmm. not just beautiful, but like interesting looking, you know, very mm -hmm. like unique, every individual face. So it's just a, a feast for the eyes, you know, and the twists and turns of the plot always keep you on your toes. Um, as always, I <laughs> this is certainly like, technically melodramatic in terms of the plot structure which uh depends on a lot of like coincidences um mm. you know and like reversals but the the Almodovar camp is like a postmodernist camp you know mm -hmm. it's at a or at least i always feel like the dra the dramatic events are at a distance and i personally i don't typically cry at these films they're delightful but they're not they don't like wrench tears from me um which is fine you know it's it's his style so i have a ton to say i think that this film repeats many of almodovar's um uh forms which is that like he always in his film like repeats identities like the idea of mother for instance is a category that is like filled and refilled by multiple people and mm -hmm. is not it's like never essentialized in fact in some films like all about my mother it's open to like all genders um mm -hmm. the joke of all about my mother is that the person um the parentage of mm -hmm. one child in question um technically is um you know attributable to two women because one mm. of the 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 person who i guess like fathered the child um becomes a woman um mm. and it's the same in this film like there's lots of many many mothers and it's mm -hmm. a category open to all so you could think that like his work in general is about like sort of the dispersal of identities or identity categories of being open to all. But the ending is the thing that changes this. And to me, it's like it represents like a new track in Almodovar, which is that, all right, the category of mother or whatever can be open to all. But mm -hmm. identity, specific identities and specific histories still matter, as with mm -hmm. like naming the victims in a mass grave in, you know, uh, from the from Franco, Spain. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, it's super interesting and it shows like a kind of new turn. He's not abandoning the way he's thought about, you know, uh, people, um, but it's a new it's a new groove. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yes, that's what we're calling this, by the way. If yeah. I didn't say parallel mothers and Almodovar's new groove. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. So it's an interesting like little like, you know, uh turn in the river <laughs> that that right. happened. Yeah. Right. So I thought it was great. What did you think? 
Oh, I also really loved it. I mean, I, I, I yeah. And the po- the political question, he's been asked about that a lot. Like, it seems like you're sort of political, but it's never, it doesn't seem like it's that forward. And he's like, oh, no, I think this is all political. But yes. But now <laughs> it's like this is as overt as at least I know of. Me too. Um, absolutely. Yeah. A sudden really overt. And there's a, there's a whole scene devoted to like, it's vital that you know where you and your family and your, your own personal history is in relation to the political history. So mm-hmm. there's a scene of like rebuking of the older mother played by Penelope Cruz, the Janice character, rebuking Anna, the teenage mother who comes from a clearly, you know, a clearly probably right wing um, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, rich family for basically saying, you know, you need to know <laughs> where yeah. your family was in really where you are in relation. You can't just claim as, you know, Anna's mother does at one point, she just says, well, I'm apolitical. And I was uh-huh. reading a little commentary <laughs> by the director. And he said, when people say I'm apolitical, they generally mean they're on the right. Right. Exactly. That's, it's just a cover <laughs> cover for being on the right. Yes. <laughs> and yes. so there's a really very hot, hotly contested scene about that. That's so overt. It's a little startling and the whole ending, which we will get to that's a whole other discussion. Um, yeah. So like, wow, <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a very different relationship to, to, to this director than you, which I'm kind of surprised. Um, you know, as much as yes, there's this Pomo, there's this camp, you know, consider when he's coming to fame. He's an eighties, nineties director. I mean, his earlier stuff in the seventies, of course he was already becoming like a leading countercultural figure in the seventies. Um, with his, you know, very, very <laughs> um, sexually daring, um, irreverent um, film. So he had an underground following already before he comes to, you know, major fame. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at least for me, I very much associate him with the 80s, 90s, which is when you know, all of that stuff takes off. If that were the sum of him, I wouldn't love him. Mm-hmm. That's just me. I have a problem. <laughs> you know, what I love about him is when he's really cooking, I find him emotionally hugely affecting at the same time as he's mm-hmm. doing so my a great example, I just watched it last night, is Volver, which I don't know how I missed it when it came out. It's an absolutely fabulous film, also starring Penelope Cruz, also obsessed with mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is so moving at the end. Uh, it, it's quite devastating. It's, it's, it might be the most moving film of his I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it uses that, that the maternal anguish just so beautifully <laughs> that hey, really, if you're not in tears at the end of Volver, you know, check your fault. Are you, are you alive <laughs> or what? Um, so I love that about him. And that's kind of what it seemed to me he was leading up to. My only reservation about this film is when he was getting toward the ending. And again, that's a separate discussion. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. I thought he was, seemed to me he's really aiming at a true gut punch. He seems definitely. And for me, it just suddenly didn't happen. And I'm uh, not sure why. <laughs> okay. Which we'll have to talk about. Yeah. So I, at least I thought he was. Um, I certainly hope he wasn't trying to be Pomo and removed in camp about the ending. I don't see how that would be possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just was like, I felt it felt a little flat, like like his usual artful ability to balance these qualities, which is not exactly an easy thing to be Pomo and, right. and, and campy and moving. And, you know, because he does me- you know, melodrama is one of his specialties. He's 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 a great melodramatist at a time when that just isn't a thing. Right. Very few people can do it. You know, we've talked about Tom Hades being able to do it. There's a couple of people, but mostly people can't do it and people can't appreciate it. So we're in a kind of this isn't the ideal era for melodrama. And he's so gifted at it that it's it's thrilling to see him be able to pull all that 
together when he when it's really working. And you know, sometimes he just he's doing black comedy, he's doing other things, but right. often there's a very strong melodramatic aspect. And the things you were mentioning about the narrative, you know, the fast turns, the wild quit. I mean, he actually pulls off a baby swapping plot. I was just I like, know. wow, he's going for it. <laughs> that is pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he actually makes it work. He makes you invest in it. This is amazing. So he has that incredible ability to take those typical narrative moves in melodrums, which people tend to scorn, and make, take your scorn away from you and make them work again. Mm-hmm. So I love that about it. So, you know, that was my only reservation is I really thought he was aiming at, I think he's, I still think he was. And for whatever reason, I didn't feel it. But, you know, I might just be a bitch. And that could be. <laughs> I was in a room watching it with someone who was like, well, I cried. I don't know about you. And I felt bad. then. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, let's just go for it. It seems to be leading us there. We might as well yeah. just ta- tackle just the talk ending. ending. Okay. Yeah. I think um, I, I'm with you. I didn't cry. Uh, I also didn't feel that the ending was distance. You're right. It couldn't be. The, the final scene <sighs> uh, uh, consists of, so... How do we even say the the town has had their mass grave ex- excavated, excavated, and all of the skeletons of the now named dead. They they mm-hmm. do various things to indicate the specificity of the skeletons. Yeah. Um, like we know a guy has a glass eye. We know someone yeah. holding a rattle is a particular person. So they become very specific, even though they're mm-hmm. even they're just skeletons. And mm-hmm. the whole town comes out to mourn their dead. Mm-hmm. And the last shot is of the contemporary people we've come to know. Like the main characters, mm-hmm. um, our forensic anthropologist, and some of the people doing the excavation themselves, they are laid down in the grave as real mm-hmm. contemporary people w- in mm-hmm. the place of the skeletons. And that's the mm-hmm. final shot. Yeah. Oh, from overhead. And I think we'd already seen an overhead of the skeletons lying there. So then it just puts them in the place yep. of the skeleton. Yes. Yeah. And it, I mean, I certainly didn't think that was like funny or distanced mm. or camp. Um, and you're right. I think it, you know, was supposed to be moving, not in uh-huh. a way that particularly made me cry. <laughs> but yeah. I, I was kind of interested mm-hmm. in it because he, because of this thing, like he, I, I love how these two strains don't contradict each other. Like mm-hmm. the, the idea that like the category of mother is sort of like, um, you know, it, anyone can occupy it. Um, mm-hmm. And it recur, everything happens and it happens again in like slightly different ways that make Mm -hmm. you sort of like question identity as anything stable. And it's like, okay, identity isn't stable, but that's Mm -hmm. not the same as history. Mm -hmm. And history is particular, you know, Mm -hmm. and history is important. You can explode identity categories all you want. But history is still important and particular. And yeah, it might have been a little ham-fisted. I'm kind of with you. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was still like an interesting placing of two like thought strains next to each other that I haven't Mm -hmm. seen him or really anyone else Mm -hmm. do, you know? Yes. Yes. So it seems like a really bold move. Like he's really trying to to exactly to unite two two tones. You know, it's not that he's never done it, but he's done it in different ways. Like he likes to harken back to Italian neorealist films. You know, he'll do that Mm -hmm. a lot. So say in Volver, he's got um um, um, of course, a, um, the most important maternal figure, at least arguably, is watching an old film starring Anna Magnani, mm-hmm. um, directed by Vittorio Bisico, which I need to watch and I had never seen. It's called Bellissima. And oh, it's yeah. all about um, Anna Magnani yes. playing, you know, yeah, someone who's obsessed with getting her, do- you know, a very, very working class, you know, pretty impoverished, it looks like, um, woman trying to get her daughter into 
a kind of Italian neorealist movie, which was happening all the time. De Sica specialized in child roles, for example, right? Children. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's, he would, he often evokes it. So there's a kind of realist strain, arguably, of course, being filtered through an existing movement, despite homo, but it's also a mm-hmm. thing he does in, an, in, in several films, just evocations like that. So I thought, oh, he, he even sort of shifts shooting style. So when they're doing the excavation, it looks a little more realist than, say, the way the film opens when there's a beautiful, beautiful sequence where she's the photographer shooting him in a very, you know, a very what? It looks very fashionable world setting. And she's yeah. working for a fashion magazine. And it's, you know, it's all the gorgeous colors, all the gorgeous lighting, all the gorgeous kind of pomo <laughs> beautiful effects that you can get from a, a sequence of shooting. And that becomes the, um, the kind of imagery of photography of like, you know, crossed out image frames and stuff that is an, sort of an animated image that comes up again. I think it's at the beginning, but it certainly comes up again at the end. And you see the the um, the archaeologist Arturo photographing the remains. So mm-hmm. you've got these two, you know, ways of photographing. Um, um, and and the second one is handle. You see the shafts of sunlight. You're seeing the dirt. You're seeing there, there's a whole. And it doesn't seem as what as artfully stylized as that opening sequence at all. So it seems right. like you've got kind of two even even not that hugely. Um, opposed or it's nothing 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 that's made too overt but it seems pretty clear that there's different different registers of handling the look of these two forms of photography right and that he's bringing them together in the end and you so you have to be a little sensitized i think to the form to be kind of ready for for what seems to me what he wants to be is a is a devastating image mm-hmm. i don't know why it didn't fully land just because i don't know i just don't know i still don't I, know but maybe I, it doesn't matter <laughs> maybe it <yeah>. doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a good question. Right. I, mm. yeah, I wanted to land too. I wanted it to be more like moving because he did yeah. seem to be going balls out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, um, I don't know, but I'm still, you know, it's like a chin scratcher, like, oh, interesting, you know, yeah, so if it's it very... does it for you. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think it is, you know, it's much more possible for people to be <laughs> much more moved than I was. And, and, you know, it's certainly not the be all end of the movie. I, yeah, I was totally with the movie. And, you know, yeah. we should note, you know, a motivar, if you haven't seen a lot of his films, you're going to know pretty much right away if you love him or not. And I think right. you're going to love him or just not want anything to do with him. He seems, he's, he's very, very distinctive and very, yes. yeah. <laughs> There's not going to be any middle ground about whether you love him or you don't love him. No, yeah. definitely not. Definitely not. And I, I don't know, Eileen, maybe you could help me puzzle through this. Like, yeah. it, so in past films, it's like, this. okay, it's very similar. In many mm-hmm. of his films, they're mo- often about like mothers and their children. Yeah. And, um, motherhood is like a repeated thing like yeah. you know so there's all kinds of like weird um if not baby swapping then like adoptions um mm-hmm. you know like uh, uh, people becoming mothers of people they didn't necessarily birth or right. you know getting pregnant again in weird ways whatever yeah um, troubled families that get replaced by these alternative families that are made up of maybe relatives maybe friends maybe you know you get that kind of you you, you recreate a family yeah. Right. Often. Right. Exactly. And yeah. 
I, I, you know, in the past, like in All About My Mother, for instance, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of like people sort of taking up other people's children and Mm -hmm. raising them. And this happens here for sure. Like the Penelope Cruz character is a mother to the young woman who later Mm -hmm. becomes her lover. And that Mm -hmm. young woman is also a mother herself who raises Penelope Cruz's actual child, (laughs) mistaking Mm -hmm. it for her own for Mm -hmm. a couple months, you know? And um, I think that... In a way, I expected the film to just, like, not care about the identities of the babies. Like, I thought Mm -hmm. it was really interesting, the the concentration on the DNA. Right. I thought that like once the plot had shown us that the babies were switched at birth, like it wouldn't matter or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it does. It comes to matter a lot, you know, in the, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so like th- to me, this seemed kind of new, the like, or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking. Well, it. no, like, I think you're right. Cause it's a little new because, you know, he, he, he can ha- sort of have a tendency. I think that he would say himself. He, he said, I care about the maternal. I mean, he, he's a worshiper of women. He adored his mother. You know, he talks yeah. about, you know, he thinks of his childhood as being surrounded by women. It's a signature um, image um, in Almodovar movies where you just see a collection of women all with wonderful faces and wonderful self-presentation, <laughs> all sitting and interacting and talking and cooking and whatever, whatever they're doing. Um, so, yeah, he's got this. Where was I going with this? Um, this, uh, oh, this, but the, but men tend to be not always, of course, these recessive figures. So like in the, in the one that in the film that makes, um, um, Elmodovar, like a, an international sensation, women on the verge of a nervous breakdown, they're all obsessing over this man mm-hmm. <laughs> who abruptly leaves his lover played by, um, Carmen, um, Mara. Um, um, but he's this distanced figure. You get kind of flashes of him. You know, he's this kind of, uh, you know, kind of showbizy actory type. I forget what he technically is, mm-hmm. but he's not like central, centrally present nearly as much as the women whom he's been driving mad and cheating on and doing all sorts of harrowing <laughs> things to. Um, he's at a remove. So there's this quality of the inessential male. Oh, definitely. And, yeah. Hate to hate to obsess about Volver. And again, spoiler, sorry if you're going to watch Volver and you haven't seen it. But a man who's the the husband of the lead played by Penelope Cruz is literally murdered because he's about to, you know, uh, force himself, you know, rape his own daughter, it seems. He, and she kills him and, and, and he is disposed of, literally. It's just like, well, now this is how do we get rid of the body? That's all. And it doesn't yes. matter. It does not matter that he's not there. He was useless anyway. So there's this kind of the inessential male. But you're right in this. The paternity becomes suddenly like this urgent and repeatedly referred to issue. Yeah. That's really going to dictate motherhood, like who's going to now take the baby. So in the end, Anya, Anna gets the, takes the baby, Cecilia, which is Mm -hmm. very heartrending and Mm -hmm. is going to raise the baby herself. But, you know, it it becomes clear that um, uh, Janice is going to be allowed to be part of the baby's life and visit, but then she's pregnant herself again. Right, right. So- it seems surprising though, because you're surely I surely was like, oh, they're just gonna wind up living together and raising the baby. Exactly. Which would be so almost over. Yeah. That would be so <laughs> classically him. Yeah. So I was also very surprised. That isn't that does seem new, really new. 
Yeah, it's super. It, in all about my mother, actually, the only uh, the uh, there. It's about many different mothers and a couple different children, and the only father is actually a trans woman named Lola. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so and, who, and, and Lola is the quote father of all these children. So mm-hmm. you know, and but and I thought this this film Parallel Mothers was building mm-hmm. to that because Penelope Cruz comes from what she says is a long line of single mothers. Um, mm-hmm. So it's almost like you know these are just like Earth goddesses on. Mm auto-generating children, you know? (laughs) Um, And that's totally where I thought it would go. But yeah, Mm. it's, and it was, it's really interesting that they have Penelope Cruz hook up with the younger woman, the younger mother, and they, you know, they have like this love affair because when the, uh, when the younger woman finds out that Penelope Mm -hmm. Cruz's child, Cecilia, is really hers, I expected it. It's this really interesting reversal where the younger woman takes, Anna takes Cecilia, Mm. the kid. And I was like, is Penelope Cruz going to have to like stay with her just so she can visit her own child? Right. <laughs> it's like you know, right. the, <laughs> so interesting. Um, yeah, but this- and it seems like it's very. It's because he's trying to do these two. Str- they seem very related. Like there's a confrontation mm-hmm. between the two women because um, An- Anna is much more into it. You know, a, a, an ongoing serious relationship. She's very young. Yeah. Um, and who wouldn't? It's Penelope Cruz. Right. <laughs> um, so she been. is much more into the Janice character than Janice is to her. Plus, Janice is loaded down with guilt. She knows. She yeah. knows what she's lying about or not saying. Yeah. And so they have a confrontation over um, what seems to be that political question. You know, you don't you don't know you and you don't want to know um, where you stand, where your parents stand with regard to you know, people who are missing, people who are, who are murdered right. by fascists. So they have a big confrontation over that, and it's right after that she she storms out. The younger yeah. woman follows her. That she says, "I have to tell you something." Mm-hmm. So the one lie is being related, or the one huge, huge, you know, lying omission is being related to kind of the other at the exactly. same time. So it seems like that's part of this insistence. Like, no, it actually matters. The paternity actually matters. The the actual mother, you know, biological mother matters in a way that seems uncharacteristic. So yeah. it does seem like he's kind of, he's got to wrestle with his own sense of, that doesn't matter, with his sense of what you've just said about history. Yeah. That does matter. So how do you get those two strands together? It's It seems like kind of a classic, like, postmodernist confrontation with, like, what hath we wrought in the era yeah. of post-truth, <laughs> yeah. you know? It's yeah. like, oh, that was all fine and good when... <laughs> When the far right wasn't taking over the whole world. Right. So, but shit, (laughs) here we are. And it turns out that like, yeah, particulars, facts, all of these things, um, you know, we do need to be specific and accurate about them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, it seems like a bit of a struggle (laughs) that that you can honor because it's like, you're right. I know. I kind of love this film the more I think about it. <laughs> yeah. No, and a lot, you know, so much of his work really, really benefits from watching again and, yep. and kind of thinking about them and discussing them later. They, they have that quality of, of excitement if you can get into them. Um, right. he's, he's such an auteur. And I realize this, we're more and more at a time when I just encounter everywhere people writing and saying, that's not a thing. That's mm. for the dopey fanboys. That's, you know, it's a collaborative art. And I'm just like, look, do we always have to go to the stupid extreme. There are auteurs. There are. <laughs> yeah. They are the directors who have so much creative control that they just, it's, it marks every aspect of the film. I mean, Almodovar is like, what, writer, director, sometimes producer. He knows yeah. every aspect. He was an actor. 
He knows every aspect of filmmaking. It's all him. There's no right. way you can't tell a film by him. So that seems important because, again, that's part of like, you're either going to be really into it or not at all. Yeah. Because, yes, it's returning to the same themes to mine them over and over again. And even the same stock company of favorite actors. You know, he's got his favorite, especially women actors. Right. Um, Carmen Mara, Penelope Cruz is clearly his current, you know, favorite, Cecilia Roth. Um, Rossi De Palma is a kind of signature figure. Um, I think the first time I saw her was Woman on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. I'm not sure if that was her debut with him, but she's the woman with the, she was then very young. With a, 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 She literally looks like a Picasso. Mm-hmm. She's got this big, wonderfully crooked nose and these kind of almond-shaped eyes on either side of the nose in a way that looks like there's Picasso cubist imagery that looks just like her. So she's right. in, in, in this <laughs> film again. Um, uh, who else? Uh, Julieta Serrano. Uh, there's a whole long list of um, his favorites who crop up again and again and again. And he mm-hmm. work, tends to work with you know, key, certain key crew members again and again. You know, so he's, he's, he's classically that in creative control figure that you see, you know, not that often. That's the problem is everyone, it got so everyone wanted the label auteur. Mm-hmm. A film by credit, which nobody should get unless it, you really did. You made every creative decision, which now, who, when you think of someone like what? Charlie Chaplin. Right. If it was written at all, he wrote it. He directed. He starred. He mm-hmm. wrote the music. He edited. He had his own production company. <laughs> he owned his own <laughs> studio. He financed his own films. He literally, if he wasn't there that day, they all, the entire cast and crew had to sit around and wait for him because nothing could be done. <laughs> right. He wasn't there to decide. That's that's an okay. Right. But so when you but when everyone wants to claim it and everyone wants to hand it out, it loses all its its meaning. No, of course. So anyway, I forget why I went on and on about that rant, but it just well, seems important <laughs> to, to note that how much uh, how much it it is a rich experience to go from one um, El Motivar film to another to another. Exactly. Like drawing this- it through. This particular film, definitely, I mean, it's, you know, best understood in the context of the other. So, yeah, the auteur question is, like, super helpful here. And, I mean, another thing that's a hallmark of his is he's obsessed with actresses. Like, his characters are often actresses themselves. Um, All About My Mother is dedicated Mm -hmm. to actresses who play actresses. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) right. (laughs) Like, Betty Davis as Margot Channing, Uh you know, someone Uh in the film as Betty Davis, as Margot Channing. Um, And this film, I again, this film, I think, is like some weird turning point because one of the women, Mm -hmm. Teresa, uh, the the mother of Anna, who's the the one who seems who's, uh, as she says, posh. It seems Mm -hmm. like her family was, you know, probably fascist back in Mm -hmm. the day. She's the actress and she's not very sympathetic, although I think she is partially sympathetic. She's very beautiful. I know. And uh, this is a perfect example of the power of a motive. I was so into his usual mode that I just sat there the whole time even when she's at her mouth awful, sitting there yeah. going, why, why do I like her? I know. <laughs> Is he just conditioned me to like her? Is it just because <laughs> she has a great, interesting face? She's got wonderful bone structure, and she's yeah. really fascinating-looking woman that I was just completely kind of going, I'm kind of on her side, even if she's supposed to be terrible. Yeah, same. perfect. Yeah, yeah, and she no, she's great, and she's she's complex, definitely. Like her mm. daughter says, Anna, you know, I learned from my mother one thing, which is that I want to live, mm-hmm. you know, and that I mean that's kind of beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. look, her poor mother was not cut out to be a mother; mm-hmm. she wanted to be an actress, um, you know, whatever. Like, and, and that is a departure, though, right? He doesn't tend to do, or does he? Now I'm trying to remember. He tends to deal with the maternal 
quality, whether whoever it's coming out of. And of course, that's one of the things that he loves about women, just the way they've been conditioned and put into society as people who do what we think of as the maternal things. Mm -hmm. They're there to nurture, to console, to feed. How many scenes of cooking do you get? (laughs) A million, a million. And it's always this practically unconscious, you cook so much for people. You can just do it while you're talking and doing everything else. Right, right. Um, You're going to be the one to comfort people when they're dying. You're going to be the one, you know, you're always going to be the one doing those things. And he reveres those things. Mm -hmm. So... To have someone come along who isn't cut out to do any of those things is, you're right, it's really seemed to me like, wow, this is, this is a bold departure from his Absolutely, yeah. And to have the, the politics of, of her as the actress mm-hmm. is so interesting because she, uh, she has a pretty like naked speech where she says, um, you know, I, uh, everyone in theater is left wing. <laughs> Uh, yes. you know, all actors are left wing. That's when she mm-hmm. says, I'm a political, you know, I, right. I exist to please people or whatever, which of course she hasn't been able to do in her personal life at all. At her all. Family, she's totally abandoned her family. So she's, and she's been a small time actress until she takes this role where she kind of mm-hmm. abandons her, um, you know, recently pregnant daughter who's just had a child. And so, you know, uh, she hasn't really made anyone happy on a very large scale at all mm-hmm. <laughs> until mm-hmm. she uh, becomes famous at, a, you know, about this point in the film. But it's just so interesting because it's usually the actress figures who are like deeply sympathetic. And this is the first one who's like pretty mixed. Mm. Um, They're usually, you know, monstrous sacras, you know, like (laughs) monsters. Um, (laughs) But there's the and this person, uh, Teresa, has those qualities. But just the discussion of her politics is so interesting. It's like he's admitting like "Mm, there is a fascist authoritarian strain in my worship of these women. And like, no disrespect, Pedro, like same, you know. Like I, I have the wow. same taste and like let's just admit there is a thrill to that kind of like power or person that's not totally defensible politically mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. i just like that it's it's all he's putting it all on the table here in a way that i don't think and maybe it's just like i really do think like the contemporary moment has just forced him to think about things a little hard and yeah a, a little it does harder. seem like this yeah. is this is you know Pedro thinks about his own <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the state of his work, the state of his soul. Totally. Yeah, it really does have this quality, and that's I think part of that quality of struggle of why I'm not. He's so good at uniting these again, very disparate types of genre, and he loves genre, which I of course love about him. That's yeah, what I love so that he can do <laughs> do comedy and melodrama and this and that and put it all together, and so to see a little bit of rough, not fully meshing is I think a mark of of really what's going on in this film. I think maybe, mm-hmm. and it's quite possible he wants, it's almost certain. <laughs> He's so good. I should just know. He's so good by now, but it's, it's that feeling. If you see lots of films of like, Oh, thank God. Somebody who's good. <laughs> so even if I don't love every aspect of this film, there's a base level of in, absolute enjoyment. You can get out of just someone who's now, he's just so <laughs> worked his art that he yeah. can do it in his sleep almost. Um, but, and rough, roughness can be exciting because mm-hmm. it's now I'm taking a new tack. Now I'm trying something that I'm not used to doing. Um, so I think that you're right. The more I talk about this, the more I like this film. That's yeah. That's interesting. Huh? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's rad. And then, I mean, maybe we should talk about Penelope for a little bit. Yeah. Let's. Who, who I think totally deserves best actress. I thought she, she was fabulous. Yes. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've, 
I've seen her. I I don't like her as much in the American films, and this is just Either. a personal. Yeah, like it's it's her voice in English that yeah. totally bugs me. In Spanish, fabulous, hot, what a babe. Mm-hmm. Um, it, she's no, she's amazing. so hot. It's ludicrous. I mean, I it literally is ludicrous. You're just like <laughs> every scene. You're like fuck, and he'll put her in outfits where you're like, how can that also look good on her? It's, wow, wow, everything. It, do- it doesn't matter. Jeans and sneakers. It doesn't matter. Some yeah. knit dress with, you know, horizontal stripes. It Hideous. doesn't matter. I hate Hideous. her for that. Some color combination that you're just like, makes you want to faint. That's really bad in Volvere. Well, yeah. not bad. It's good. Right. Literally <laughs> lime green and purple and a coral pattern. And I, you're just like, what's happening? I know. <laughs> it all looks fab. And oh, she's yeah. so adorable. Something about her face. Something about <laughs> the way he shoots her face. And, yeah, and, her- and again, her voice. Which I've never thought that. I will not rush out to see her in an American film. I, in fact, I would shrug it off. I remember seeing her in Vanilla Sky and just thinking, I oh, hate Oh, God. Her. I know. It's, it's an awful role. She's the one who's supposed to be wandering around just loving life. She, <laughs> so she just is looking in this dippy way around at the street, just being delighted by, oh, look at that park bench. And you're just like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but it's like she and um, Almodovar are just so one now. And yeah. he knows exactly how to bring out the absolute best in everything. Her hair is magnificent. Everything's magnificent. Everything she does. I know. And, yeah. yeah. And she she plays the, like, uh, separation from her daughter so well. Like, mm. she's fairly subtle, but she, you know, she breaks in all the right ways. Oh, like, in I, that scene where they she's helping? Yes. So the oh. young teenage... The, the young teenage mom, of course, outraged to find out how much she's been lying and Mm-hmm. Finally, she's told, and she's like, she's taking the baby, and there's nothing you know, Penelope Cruz and Janice can say. And the way she's helping her in the pack up the baby stuff, in the, and she just does it in the most harrowing way. It's just a total tearjerker. She does it perfect. It's agony, just perfectly. It's just yeah. this a- scene of agony, and all of her movements are like she's just received this crippling wound that she'll never recover from. She does it so beautifully. Yeah, and Valvera, she's the same. She does a tearjerker ending scene that it's just just devastating. She just really is a truly great actress, but you know, and that shows the vulnerability of of actors in film. I think mm. just because you're so dependent on the your other, setting. <laughs> yeah, your your setting, what the director's gonna, what the editor's gonna do for you, the lighting. You know, you are just at the mercy of. You know, you can give the greatest performance in the world, but if the camera isn't in the right spot and the lights not right and the director doesn't get you. Um, it, you might it might might never be fully realized. So it's a really poignant thing to watch actors in a medium that isn't isn't really their medium as much. It's um, so true. So yeah, so she just completely comes into her own. So yeah, it's it, as soon as she's working with him, so it's fabulous. She's amazing. And well, maybe we should just I'll, I'll read the nominees for best oh, yeah. actress in a leading role for the Oscars. I think oh, Eileen, I think you and I are probably going to vote for the two who will be least likely to win. Um, <laughs> probably. But the, the nominees are Jessica mm. Chastain for the Eyes no! of Tammy Faye. Huh? She's no. been winning everything. I really oh. did not like that film. Um, oh, and she's sucked in it. Sucked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah anyway, her mascara gets to run a lot, um, no, but the mascara is doing all the work. <laughs> so, Whoa. Wait, Eileen, you had a real point about this. Why were you so pissed about her performance? Because Tammy Faye was like 10 times oh, bigger in real life. Then, oh, no, <laughs> the opposite. You watch Tammy Faye after that and she seems, you know, dignified. And, you know, it's just like it reminds me of another performance I really hated. Anthony Hopkins as Nixon. Anthony Hopkins hmm. plays Nixon like he's Quasimodo or something. <laughs> he's such a monster. <laughs> he's practically staggering around with a giant hump on his back. 
and 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 you um and then you look at and they end the film with footage of the actual Nixon and you're like oh my god he practically looks handsome and statesmanlike here you've just completely done this bizarro hatchet job but I don't think you agree with me on that but I hate that film <laughs> um but this reminded me of the same thing they show footage of Tammy Faye at the end and you're like you know I thought of Tammy Faye as this absolute exaggerated cartoon who can't speak in any way except this ridiculous squeaky Betty Boopy voice and <laughs> but that's not right you you mm. she finds no nuance it's just all the same cartoonish overacting oh I just hate Jessica Jones me we'll too. Smack I, her head off. I, I think I just hold like her Jessica <sighs> Chastainness against her. Um, I do too, very much. I I don't know, like simpering somehow, oh, like fits yes. her. Like she's always like on the verge of tears and so Absolutely. soulful. Like it's just not my style. And it's just like um, grad student acting all over the place with choices you can read from space. It's uh, that kind of acting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm. And then there's Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter, who's wonderful. And if she gets it, I won't be mad. But mm. did, oh, I do not think you would like The Lost Daughter. Did you see The Lost Daughter? I haven't Daughter? seen it, like, no. Don't I thought do it. I wouldn't like it's, it. No, it's <laughs> Not it for is me. not for you. <laughs> no, nope. um, I I was interested in it. I was moved at parts, but it is I can't even explain it. It's like this genre of film. It's like it's like yuppie academic, um, like motherhood torture porn. You know, just like all of the oh. awful things that's all of the things that are awful about women's lives in like graphic oh. detail. Everything. Oh, but that's so interesting because you know it's another mother film, and here we're talking about mother films we love true so what's the difference between mother torture porn which oh, it never seems God. like what Al- what almodovar is doing never seen no like this Not this film's um the lost daughter's like oomph relies mm-hmm. on its willingness to show really gross things that people don't oh. admit but that everyone yeah. does and exists in everyone's lives like just all kinds of like sexual things and um yeah. and also like uh selfishness like this is a selfish mother that olivia coleman plays she actually abandons her daughters for her career and for an affair with a man fine like no judgment but all of it is like portrayed in just like grueling a grueling agonizing way not without art it it is Mm -hmm. it's directed by maggie gyllenhaal but to me like maggie gyllenhaal is exactly the kind of person who would produce this like i can't say it's the aesthetic is just like overeducated white woman that is the aesthetic and (laughs) yeah and the thing that's like a you know new or edgy in quotation marks is about like showing all of these like awful torturous things and it's not that they're Mm -hmm. not true i don't even think it's that they don't need to be said it's just it's a particular experience that like oh i don't know uh only people with a lot of cushion can like endure this. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Okay. Anyone who works hard and has had a miserable rough day and life is shit. Don't put this on. You're not going to be go to this film. Okay. Yeah. I know exactly yeah. What you mean. yeah. Yeah. But Olivia Coleman's, you know, wonderful. And if She's she wins, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Penelope will never win because this is the kind of acting that isn't grad school. This right. is a fucking movie actor. And she is like placed brilliantly by a director. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. me, this is like Catherine Deneuve acting. It's like mm-hmm. there are certain certain actors who like are just auteur, like, I don't know. They're they're the auteur women, you know, like mm-hmm. they know how to be, they trust, they trust. That's what they do. They like sit back and they're like, I am part of a vision. It's not like they don't have their own fucking artistry or choices. They know mm-hmm. everything about how to like place themselves for the camera and mm-hmm. how not to do too much, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like a kind of sitting back and relaxing and not showboating, not trying to like steal a scene, you know, just like 
you do your thing, you hit your mm-hmm. mark and you know that you're part of like this greater machine and it's going to come out beautifully. Right. And she's so good in the scenes with the, the much, much younger woman who really does look like she's a teenager. I don't know if she is. What's her name again? Mar- Malina. Mar- Smith? Uh, Malina Smith. Yeah. She's marvelous too. And another of the great um, Almodovar faces. He's the best casting. I swear. He's a just casting genius. He finds these people. <laughs> and then knows exactly how to present them, but they have faces that you cannot forget. So this this young this young woman has this his mouth that's this big, it looks almost clownish, like a big smear of like red, pink, red across her face. Yeah, and <laughs> when her, she's in her most like you know friendless and bereft state, and then as she goes on, you know she gets her hair chopped and dyed, and she, and more and more she's like coming into her own, and it's regulating like the smushy. <laughs> yes, yes. The scary nakedness of the mouth is coming into some sort of relationship with the rest of her face. She's growing up. It's beautifully done. It's perfectly done. Yeah. And and Penelope Cruz is so completely like I I'm going to work with this. She's going to get every bit of, you know, oomph out of her role too. We're going to we're going to be great together. She could I mean she she would have the ability to take the scene if she wanted to. And she yes. doesn't want to. <laughs> she doesn't exactly. want to. Exactly. That's what it is. It's a kind of like taste, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know, but I respect it so much. Like it's, it's the opposite of Meryl Streep acting to me. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And then there's Nicole Kidman in being oh! the Ricardos. <laughs> oh, the worst, the most ridiculous, ludicrous thing that ever happened. Holy shit. <laughs> the you most say- you can say is she was like, I saw it and I'm like, okay, she's less absolutely horrible than I thought, but she's horrible. I mean, she's so Mm. wrongly cast, you could die. I know. Someone pointed out, how can a woman (laughs) whose face is loaded up with Botox at the point and has had so much plastic surgery, she can't move her face, play one of the great clowns? I know. I know. It doesn't make any sense. I know. And I like it's you know, Nicole Kidman's good, but this looks like an absolute shit show. I've not seen it. Oh, <laughs> um, it's it's so it's such a weird project that it's just kind of stunning to sit there watching it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And when you say that they're better, both her and Javier Bardem, whom I adore, he does better with that role than you'd ever think possible, but it's still <laughs> weird it's such weird casting that exactly. you just feel like you're having some sort of sort of breakdown while you're watching it. <laughs> okay i'm gonna see that just out of curiosity yes just for um, that reason (laughs) yeah and then last but not least the actress who will never get it but should Kristen stewart for spencer oh spencer (laughs) she did how she eked out that nomination which i never thought she'd get i'm glad she got it but it is you know but no she'll never never she'll never win it that's not who wins oscars but we freaking (laughs) loved her she was great she was great she brought it 100 percent terrific yeah. And she just owned that film to the end, like carried that film like the ultimate old time pro. Oh my god! God, it that was, was gorgeous. Very yeah. I still yeah. like Spencer's one of my favorite films of the year. It was so good. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> me too. In yeah. fact, I, sh- I never do those damn lists, but I really should this year because this year has been such a weird ass year. It's been yeah, weird. you should. You should because there's been these weird little spikes of like I love this film, but they're mm-hmm. they're rare, but they're. They're more than I would have thought of if you think of the overarching year. There's so much drag, but there have been really a couple of like fabulous things, standouts, yeah. and that's one of them. Yeah. No, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So, anyway, this, that, those are the best actress nominees. Yeah, um, and yeah, again, no chance for our our pick. Same no, with Drive My Car. No chance for that. No chance. Picture, even though it totally should get it. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So back to the film. What what yes. haven't we covered? What haven't we covered? Oh my god. Have we talked enough about mel? I think we have about melodrama. Um, I think we have. Um, okay. Um, um, and we've talked about the color. We've talked about the brilliant casting and certain performances. You know, I would I would say about the. You know, you're almost you're rarely inclined unless it's Antonio Banderas, who's one of the honorary <laughs> men who gets to be, be a regular sort of when he was young. Yeah. Um, yeah. You usually don't talk about the men and, and for, for all the reasons we've just stated. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he was the, the actor playing Arturo is, it does a striking thing. You, you can see him being being placed as someone we're supposed to kind of like on site, mm-hmm. kind of find attractive on site and feel like there's some real substance there. And intelligence yeah. there, which is it's kind of rare and it's in, and again how he does this it's just you know this is just directing brilliance and casting brilliance and you know the, the actor's good of like you you get that impression as she's literally photographing him for this shoot i don't know why because you know he's having to do all those silly things like you know put your put your you know <laughs> your your chin in your hand and all that stuff yes, and right, right. More thoughtful and you know all those horrifying things but he's still he looks like he's got humor he looks like so it's an interesting thing to see him do that I'm trying to think of another example, but it seems seemed very striking that I like, like, no, I want you to think this, that she, you know, it's too bad. They won't wind up together when they break up. It looks like they're not going to be together. And you're kind of glad when you see them come together again. That seemed, that seemed all surprising. It's true. Well, yeah. Yeah. The, the actor's name is Israel Alejalde. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of an interesting, yeah, the film has kind of like a breezy relationship to, or, mm-hmm. to them, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you're supposed to like them together. They look good. He seems, he good. seems pretty nice. Um, he, he respects her decisions, you know, about raising mm-hmm. the child and having mm-hmm. it. And, and then Anna comes and you don't know, like, am I supposed to root for them? You yes. know, uh, Anna and, and Yanis together. Um, but then. Oh, I've been saying that wrong all along. I've been just calling her Janice. She's named after Janice Joplin, by the way. Well, I don't know. Her, In the movie, the mother like, was a hippie but you're right it's yanis i'm saying it's fine it's fine (laughs) but but it's like you don't really attach to one partner or the other with her at least i didn't you know i was just like well they both seem nice i don't know you know let's see how this plays out i mean the only thing the only thing that's appalling is you also know about the the big lie at the center of the relationship so when it's happening i was a little like yeeks this is so melodrama because you're like wow this is bad this is all there's gonna be consequences for this so it has all those joys of melodrama if you like melodrama you're supposed to see it coming usually and to have plenty of time to be like holy shit this is gonna be so bad (laughs) (laughs) it's really one of the fun parts of melodrama yeah. Um, so he does a ton of that here where you th- see things coming at you and you know what's developing. You know, you see the baby swapping thing. I did anyway. Right. Like, From a mile away. Before it's verified. You're like, oh, God, I know what happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's a lot of that. And it's a wonderful thing. If you've seen a lot of movies, you know, a lot of people who are serious about movies see those very dutiful art house movies. Mm-hmm. Many of which are boring as hell, but no one wants to win. And they're, you, you know, you just have to pretend, oh, this is a fine film on an important subject. Mm-hmm. So that it can be a wonderful feeling to be like, I am totally gripped here and totally worried about what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> when the truth comes out, it just can be such, just to be really engaged as an audience member, which is why I love genre. Genres are built to have that happen to you. Right. right. Um, so that you don't just have to sit there admiring from some sort of distance. Oh, look at the color composition. <laughs> Very well done. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. I want to get the fully engrossed as well as, you know, be able to do that at the same time. That to me is the, is the peak. And he's very good at that. 
But I really was struck by how he just demonstrates his 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 greatness, Almodovar, at the the opening, and that you see and instantly the two are completely having a connection while she's shooting him. They're going to get together in no time. Yeah. This ability to see to to get that when it's just somebody you know somebody photographing somebody else. Admittedly, it's Penelope Cruz, so everyone's going to want to get with her. Right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. But, you know, it's, it's that kind of quiet ability to do things so effectively that you feel you're right there with with the, the, the creating creative force, like recognizing everything that can be a really exhilarating feeling. And he's great. That. Right. Yeah. No, it's a, it's so. Um, uh, oh, my God. I have no words. <laughs> economical. <laughs> Woo, sorry. Brain yeah. fog. Uh, it's so economical in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's just like, boom, boom, boom. There's oh, so five fast. Five minutes in. Yeah. And what, <laughs> what do we think about the fact that she's a photographer? There's like some really interesting moments with that. Um, like I, I, she mm-hmm. points her, you know, lens toward the camera for the opening shot, basically. Right. Right. And there are it seems like she's kind of like commenting throughout like her whoever she photographs for this magazine like has a parallel to what's happening in her life like Mm -hmm. there's she photographs this um woman this trans woman for the cover when she's just gotten with uh anna Mm -hmm. and so obviously there's something about queerness or something and then Mm -hmm. when she's figuring out that her baby's you know paternity might not be what she or even maternity Mm. might not be what she thinks it is it's because the baby is quite dark and looks as they say quote ethnic (laughs) yeah and And when they're verifying the paternity they're looking at photos of you know the the possible fathers because the teenage girl was basically gang raped right three young men um so yeah you're right And and now that really makes sense of the scene when Penelope Cruz, real, uh, the Giannis character, realizes she's got to she's got to get back to work. She's got to make money, mm-hmm. and she goes back to it's the um, the, the, the Rossi De Palma character, her friend who run who's basically an editor at the magazine, and says, "I I gotta have work." And they're like, "Well, there's nothing available for someone of your caliber." You know, you're mm-hmm. um, it's all it's just shoot it's just straightforward shooting of like purses and shoes and stuff. And you're too good for that. And she's like, "I'll take it. I need it." Yeah. So all of, and then you get a whole montage of all the shots of the beautiful fashion magazine shoes Jeez. and purses and belts and whatever at all. But you know, it's it give it takes the time for that. So you're right. I think there's an underscoring of well, now this is the I'm a mother. <laughs> yeah, I need to make money, even though I'm at a high level in a in a highly paid profession. Now I'm a little strapped, and I've got to I've got to go to work, and I don't care what it is. I'm happy to do what it is. Which yeah. you know, he always is emphasized. He constantly is emphasizing in his films about motherhood, certainly, which are constant. Um, the doing what you have to do, um, which yes. is a thing. <laughs> That's the mother impulse in action in the world. That you and, are constantly just like, well, no, no, there's no time to waste. Like, this has to be done right now. You know, and the, you know, if it's in Volver, it's we've got to move this refrigerator, and it's women who come to help, and you watch them struggling and straining to do this thing because. Mm-hmm. The mother figure has all of these impossible things who's completely, you know, poor, working class, has got to do right now. And the only people who are going to help her are the other women in her life. But the, the doing of the perhaps almost impossible, but always the working, the effort, the having to do it, the having to respond immediately is uh, very maternal. Yeah. And, the, yeah. and people always have these like provisional temporary jobs, <laughs> you know, yes, yes, always. always 
always being hired for like little amounts of time to like work inside the home or, you know, obviously right. Penelope Cruz is on contract, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. But even there's even this interesting strain, which is part of this, that when she starts to, when, uh, our, when the, baby daddy comments Mm. on her child's um darkness Darkness. she goes to photograph a black woman for the magazine oh right and there's and it's a very uncomfortable moment because you you, that's the moment where you don't where you like him least because now it's like oh maybe this is a totally bad guy yeah and interestingly like penelope cruz's character doesn't know who her father was because again she's from a long line of quote single mothers (laughs) So her mm-hmm. father, she's heard is Venezuelan. So, you know, right. her Venezuelan strain could account for her child's darkness. You know, she doesn't mm-hmm. know because fathers mm-hmm. are a big question mark. They're unknown until they're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, but then she also in her home has this photograph of a black woman, like a naked. It's very prominent over the fireplace. Right. right. And it's kind of this like, oh, I don't know. It, I don't really know what to make of it, except that like obviously race and like the, you know, the racial other haunts some important strain of the imagination here in mm-hmm. uh, in Spain, you know, in mm-hmm. particular. And, and maybe it has to do, uh, obviously, you know, with, with the colonies and mm-hmm. all of the like uncertainty, obviously around blood, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that that's introduced by racial mixing. Um, so it's just mm-hmm. it's really rich and you know totally rewards rewatching. Absolutely, yeah. No, that would be great to just rewatch just for that strain alone. Like the photography and the issues of race would be cool just to pay attention just to that. Yeah, now, that's one of the great things about him. You can pull out something that's a strand through, but that isn't obvious. You'd have to really try to think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It rolls. Go see it. <laughs> yeah, you should try. You should go see it. And and it's online. You can get it through Amazon. You have to pay a little bit, but you know. Oh, nice. It's totally okay. worth worth doing it if if you're not in a place where it's near near you in a theater. I'm not. You know, I'm in Buffalo, and boy, boy, do they <laughs> refuse to bring things here. Shocking. <laughs> I still want to see Benedetta, the the, vault, the Verhoeven film, and it never came here. You know, it's just infuriating. Sad. Yeah, it's a sad thing. Uh, and maybe that accounts for, you know, no, it doesn't really. I was trying to think of why haven't I seen all of Elmodovar's work? I, I don't, and I have no explanation. I don't, I really don't the know time. what the hell I was doing. So <laughs> I've seen very few of his films and I like them. So it's just like, that's mysterious. I need to go back and, and you know, atone yes. <laughs> in the church <laughs> of Elmodovar. <laughs> go do it. Go do it. I'm going to do it. I'm yeah. going to do it. So I think, I think, unless you have final thoughts, I think we're wrapping up. Let's wrap it up. Okay, cool. Um, so that is our episode of, on Parallel Mothers and Elmodovar's <laughs> New Groove. Thank you, dear listeners. And of course, triple thanks to our subscribers who keep us in Mondrian prints. <laughs> um, if you're not a subscriber yet, but you like what you hear, please consider signing up on Patreon for all the film suck content instead of just half. You can follow News of the Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join us in two weeks for our award season wrap up. It'll be coming out like roughly a week and a half after the Academy Awards, mm-hmm. which are what are they? When are they having again? March twenty seventh. March twenty seventh. Um, and of course, it usually you know they usually cap you know all the other BAFTA and Independent Spirit and all the others. So we will do a little kind of wrap up of what's what are the who are the big winners? Who are the I don't know, how dare you losers, you know, that kind of thing. We will cover with much indignation, I'm sure. (laughs) Indeed. Yes. But until then, um, thank you again for listening. You are invaluable and we love you all. Bye, guys. Bye.